0: Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now, here is Pastor Gary Toney. Let's dig right into things this morning. I know I have a lot to cover today, probably won't finish all of it, so we do a series for a reason. Yeah? But you're going to help me stay focused today, right? Yeah. They'll turn some, there we go. I'm like, I can't see anybody, man. <laughs> Preaching in the dark today. Let, let's, let's go. Colossians chapter three. We uh, shared this passage throughout our talk, but it says this in, in verse one. Since you, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Well, that wasn't everybody, but okay. Non-church participating people, that's all right. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, Set your sights on the realities of heaven. What's that mean? You got to set your sights. How many, how many hunters do I have in here? Wow. I thought I had more hunters than that. Hunters oh, yeah, we got some bargain hunters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But when you're hunting, you have to set your sights in on your target. Obviously, Jesus is our our target in, in the sense of what we and, and who we are but listen our mission where we're going heaven yeah don't get too excited about it but paul inspired by the holy spirit is telling us to set our sights on heaven where christ sits at the right hand or at the place of honor at god's right hand then he says this think about the things of heaven not the things of the earth Does he mean don't think about earthly stuff at all? Just be clueless? A lot of us live like that. We'll just live with our we'll live in our little bubble, and well, that's not my problem, it's their problem. So now we were not called to be like that. We're the body of Christ, right? right? Yeah. The get I guess the question this morning for us is: how many of us actually practice this? How many of us are intentional? Not out of some legalistic approach. The, the life of the Christian is never that way. I know there's a lot of religious ideas about making our efforts religious. God can't stand that stuff. And the world despises it. The only people that like it is that group that's dialed into, well, you better do this, you better do that. Now, as you're transformed, there is no better, you become the new person. And you live out godly principles, not because you're making yourself do them. It's who you are. Yeah? (laughs) Okay. He goes on to say this. So when when Paul is talking about us not thinking about the, the things of the earth, he doesn't mean that you're not responsible people. I think that we have to have a balance with things. But in our daily journey, heaven should be in our thinking. I'm telling you, if you get this, I mean, just these simple talking points that we put in our YouVersion app, if you went and, and like John said, if you just use your Holy Spirit inspired imagination and begin to think on the things of heaven, what will happen is God will use you in the break room to have a conversation about heaven, and you'll be able to tell people stuff about heaven. And like, man, I never even thought about that. Heaven's a real place. Amen. Many of us have loved ones that live in heaven right now. Amen. We had a wonderful service yesterday. Our sweet sister, Peggy Patty, she lives in heaven now. And, and uh, so she's having a great time. I know a lot of people have this idea that heaven is just this far away kind of mysterious someday thing but it's not it's this close to us it's simply another dimension it it is that's exactly right Jack one step away and here's the thing according to the Apostle Paul you and I right now on the planet we are citizens of heaven just like you're a citizen of the United States or wherever you may be from We are, as the born-again people of God, we are citizens of heaven. Once again, not religious people. I know I hammer that with you all all the time, but we live in a culture that drives religion. Well, what kind? Which God? Which way? If you're a Christian and you believe the Bible, there is no which way. There's only one way. Right? Not only are we citizens of heaven... We are actually ambassadors called here to represent the kingdom of heaven. Your family, your co-workers, they should see that in you. Yeah, y'all quiet this morning, man. Did you have a long night? I know it was Saturday, you know. Stayed up late, huh? Yeah. My question is this. As a citizen, as an ambassador, shouldn't we... Know about heaven? Shouldn't we be able to have conversations about heaven? Yeah. And it, it should never be this legalistic thing. It should be this casual approach. Now, without a doubt, it's one of the most serious conversations you'll ever have with people. But we don't need to be so serious-minded about it when we have the conversation. And we need to be heavenly-minded. That serious stuff, it never attracts people. It pushes them away. You know, a merry heart does good like medicine. How, how many of you would much rather hang around... Grumpy pants or happy person? Yeah, we don't wanna hang around grumpy. We don't wanna hang around attitude. No. Matter of fact, sometimes you wanna tune attitude up, don't you? No, not you. Okay. Yeah, we do. So just maybe, I think Paul is right. Maybe we should set our sights on the realities of heaven. Maybe, probably, maybe we should think about the things of heaven. And when I say those statements, we can't just limit our view of heaven to some distant spiritual world. You're part of that world right now. And like we said last week, we see things from the scriptures that describe heaven. And what what is going to happen, what the Lord is going to help you with as you begin to read the scriptures, now that we've had these conversations and you're thinking more about heaven it's going to blow your mind how much you see heaven in the scriptures. Because some of the things that I've read hundreds and hundreds of times, as I'm more intentional now in my study, I see more of heaven. That's how the spirit works. And so when you look into those things, here's some of the words that I I just happened to find in the scriptures. When you look at heaven, it describes, it uses words like worlds, countries, cities, places, physical things. I mean you think about a city for an example just look at just look at our city Georgetown when you hear the word city you you think you understand buildings culture art sports exchange goods and services huh events conversations gatherings what is that that's life heaven is the same way i know sometimes people think heaven you're just going to float around on a cloud and play a harp But no, guys, there is is life going on in that world. See, the, the heaven that we go to when we leave this planet, it's not all that there is to what God refers to as heaven, as the kingdom of God. You know, there's several, like we talked about last week, Abraham's bosom, paradise, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. You know, like Paul said, I went to the third heaven. Maybe instead of looking at heaven and earth as these opposite different places, they're this overlapping world where you look into God's, if you will, multi-dimensional kingdom, and it's just simply different levels that's going on right now. There's rank. There's order in heaven. You remember last week out of uh, 2 Corinthians where Paul was talking about he was caught up to the third heaven? What's that? What's the third heaven? Listen, you know, I know we have ideas of this stuff, but sometimes... You know, you need to wrap your head around the fact that Paul went to a real place. He describes stuff he saw, that he experienced, that he felt. He actually makes this statement, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't really know. Well, and, and I know we, we like to make assumptions, don't we? Well, there's no way he could have went in his body. Really? What about Elijah and Enoch? Where did they go? Oh, they're in a holding pattern over in, no. What about Jesus in his resurrected body? Where's he at? He's in heaven today, a real place. Paul said, I was caught up there. And he said, I heard things so astounding that I cannot express them with words. And here's the thing. If you follow even today's top scientists, they they agree, they suggest that there are literally many unobservable dimensions if you will if you look in the Bible there's a wonderful story in the book of Acts chapter 7 where the young disciple Stephen gets murdered they stone him to death for preaching the gospel and in that process of him being killed he sees into another dimension and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God he didn't see Jesus floating he didn't see him hovering. He saw him. If you're standing, you're standing on something. Right. By the Father sitting on the throne in heaven, a real throne. This isn't some mystical idea. He saw into that world, and then the next thing you know, he's there. I know some people think, well, why didn't God stop that? Guys, if you're still in the why business, you're going to miss so much of the kingdom of God. You're You're a human. You're not qualified for all the wise of God. There's some of the things that are going on in the in the scope of the kingdom of heaven that you Paul just said in Corinthians. There's things I saw that I can't even express with words. You think about Elisha. Remember his servant came out and said, "Master, we're surrounded by this great massive army." And Elisha said to him, "No, we're not. There's more with us." And be with them. And then he said, Lord, open up his eyes. Well, wasn't his eyes open? I mean, he's seeing the, the, this. And the Lord opens his eyes and he saw into heaven. And you know what? Anybody know what he saw? Chariots of fire. What's that look like, man? I want a chariot of fire. <laughs> Here's an interesting thought. It's it's interesting that when when Elisha prayed and asked God to show his servant that realm, he saw chariots of fire. What did Elisha see Elijah leave in? My man got to—he didn't die. He got to leave the planet in a chariot. <laughs> wow! See you. Like John said, you need to use some Holy Spirit-inspired imagination. It it, it would make the greatest movie ever. But Satan owns Hollywood, so you're not going to get any of that junk. Maybe someday that'll change. You have to understand that there is a world going on right now that is just as real as this one. Paul actually gives us a little look into this in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen to me very carefully. He's talking to the church, okay? We do not fight flesh and blood. Stop getting mad at people. Stop it. People are just confused and influenced by spiritual stuff going on in the world. He says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, what this is, if you'll take some time, Paul is listing some spiritual rank and order in heaven. Principalities is simply a prince. There are different levels of rank in, in, in this list of things. A principality, he, and he's talking about demons. Now, I don't want to get over in demons, okay? There's too much weird stuff that goes on about demons. The thing you need to know about demons, they're defeated. All right? Let, let me show you something. It, <laughs> listen, I come out of a background where there was a demon around everything. Everybody had a devil, you know. No, some people just carnal. All you got to do is read Paul's writings. He lists a whole bunch of stuff that's carnal. The devil didn't have nothing to do with it. You did it, right? Watch this. In, in, in Ezekiel... And in Daniel, you get to see a picture of some of that stuff that goes on in the heavenlies. You remember when Daniel was praying and the angel showed up and he said that he had been battling the prince of Persia? He's not doing battle with the prince of Persia on the planet. He's fighting a spiritual prince. Now, the difference between Daniel's story and your story is that prince of Persia has now been defeated jesus said i give you all authority over the powers of darkness how much is all all of it when you follow jesus around and a demon showed up there was no debate there was no conversation shut up come out he didn't go demon hunting either see the key reality you and i have to stay aware of is that they have been defeated jesus actually says this in the book of revelation i am he who lives and was dead and behold, I'm alive. <laughs> How many of you believe Jesus is alive? Yeah, yeah. He's alive today. And he says, "And I have the keys of hell and of death." Paul says in Colossians that he went into the realms of darkness when he when he left the cross and said it's finished on the other side of things. He went into the realms of darkness and he made a public spectacle of the king of the prince of darkness defeating him. Roman history shows us that kings that would defeat their enemy, they would parade him around in, in chains, in bondage, mocking and making fun of them. That's what Jesus did to the enemy. He has been defeated. And the thing that you and I have to re- realize is that knowing who we are, understanding that we represent the kingdom of heaven. Paul says we don't fight people, our battle is with that world, and that world's defeated. You just need to know how to exercise your authority in that world. Y'all got that? Yeah. So as you understand these things, and, and that's part of heaven that you and I can't see right now. And I know we see through scriptures that we get glimpses of that, like with the story of Elisha and his servant and, and different ones that saw different things. Guys, don't seek seeing stuff. The, the, this is the one thing you have to understand about the enemy. He is very creative and subtle, and he's been around a lot longer than you, and he's a lot smarter than you. And when you go looking for that stuff, he will be more than happy to accommodate you. Listen to me very carefully. He, can't, he, he, he loves nothing better than to manipulate Christians. He doesn't have to fool with his own people. They're already jacked up. But when you got a Christian that's out there that's confused about stuff, Oh, he'll pounce on you in a second. And he'll mess with your head. Don't let him. That's why the apostle Paul says, give no place to the devil. Mm -hmm. Who's he talking to? The church. So who's the one that's going to give it up? He can't come and take it. You have authority. So don't don't give him any room. Don't entertain any thoughts about that stuff. All right, I got to keep going. As we've looked through the scriptures, we're seeing these glimpses of the other side, of of, of a different dimension, paradise, heaven, kingdom of God, those those things. I wanna show you something else that I've looked at today. And I did, I don't know, this is probably, this has been several years ago, but I did a series, I don't even know what I called it, it was something to do with the book of Revelation, study of Revelation, inside Revelation, I don't remember what I called it. Uh, I don't even know if it's available, but you ought to go check that out. But I did a little, just a brief study. You know, when we do some of these things on a Sunday morning, we don't do any type of exhaustive study on this. This is more like a uh, highlight version. But in uh, Revelation chapter 21, I want you to listen for a second to the Apostle John as he writes this. He says, and now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. What? We get a new one? Man, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Do you know that Peter says that this earth is going to melt with fervent heat? I know I say this with respect to some degree. But I know all the climate change people that are talking about save the earth. The earth ain't saving it's burning. About global warming? Mm-mm. Global melting. Let, let me go ahead and help you. Now, am I saying that we're not, we shouldn't be good stewards of our... Of course we should. But make no mistake, this planet will be here until this happens. Let, let me help you with this. The Bible lets us know that there is a millennial reign of Christ that's coming. That's a thousand years on this planet. Not a new one. The new one doesn't come till after that. So we, we're st- even after we're done, and you, after we old, and if the, the rapture doesn't take place, then we still here, and, and then we go through the grave and we wind up in heaven. Even after all that, at some point Christ will come back and set up his kingdom on the planet for a thousand years. And I try to wrap my head around this sometimes because we're going to rule and reign with him. When I say we, I'm talking about the church. Now think about this for a second. As we're on this planet for a thousand years, right now, I don't know what the the, the growth rate is or the birth rate is on the planet uh, per day, but it's in the thousands. So you think if we're here for a thousand years, how many people are going to be born on this planet that, that aren't born again? Huh? And we're going to be here. I know I'm losing track real quick because my mind just went. Because I'm thinking about Jesus. You think about this for a second. Jesus is in heaven in a resurrected body. Flesh, bone. Remember on the, on the shore he said, hey guys, it's me. I'm back from the dead. You got any fish? I'm hungry. Re- remember? He, 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 spent, he spent over a month with the guys after he had risen from the grave, eating with them, fellowshipping with them. Yeah? And there would be times the Bible says very clearly that the disciples, they were in the room with the door locked, and Jesus would just show up in the room. And that's why he said, "Peace be still." Or in other words, don't freak out, it's me. Well, you would too. If you were locked up, scared of the Roman army that they were gonna come get you and all of a sudden they, clink, hey guys, it's me. Just want to drop in from heaven for a second, check on you. I submit to you, he's going back and forth. Well, where was he if he wasn't there and he just showed, he just materialized through a wall I know we're cool with that today, right? Yeah. See, the thing is, we are cool with it because we we see stuff like that in a movie all the time and it's no big deal. But if you're sitting in your living room and then all of a sudden Jesus is there, yeah. I know y'all think you'd be cool with that. After I cleaned up a little bit, I might be cool with it. So until then, guys, this is why we need to be about the master's work. We need to represent the kingdom. We need to be able to have these conversations and point people to heaven. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Watch this. And there's no more sea. What? No more sea? I I don't know. I don't have an answer for you to that one. I haven't got there yet. I don't know what's going to happen with the sea, but in the new New heaven, new heaven and earth, no more sea. Verse 2. And then I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Behold, in the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. Watch this. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, I've heard much speculation on this passage of what this means. Some say he's going to wipe away the tears from people's eyes because all of a sudden they get there and they get such a revelation of who they actually were when they were here and didn't realize it. Theory, but sure, maybe true. Other people think that there, is, you know, there isn't going to be no more crying, no more of that stuff in heaven. There will be at this point, when, when, and when everything's done, there won't be any more of that. But I say that there, I'm gonna show you if I have time today that there's still emotion in heaven. I know somebody like, what? Yeah. Does, does God get mad? Have you ever read? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, you all. There's emotion in heaven. There'll, he says, I'll wipe away their tears. There'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. For the former things have passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Wow. That's something that we look forward to after we run our race, after the millennial reign of Christ, then these things take place. But until then, we need to be about the master's work while we're here. We need to be able to have conversations with people about The things of heaven. When you think about our present earth, when you think about things like rivers and mountains and trees and flowers, this earth was made from the image of that one. This earth, I submit to you, in the beginning before the fall of man, this earth was perfect. Until sin came in, and through sin, death entered in, it was perfect. They didn't know how to die. The first, Those first uh, people here, it took thousand years for one of them to, to go. If you was to say to Adam, my head is killing me, he would be like, what? What's, what's a headache? He wouldn't know anything about that. None of that stuff existed. That's what we're going back to. Okay? This present world was made from that one. So, so, Guys, our new world, God doesn't promise us some spiritual thing, some non-earth reality. It's a new earth. Remember, I used this illustration in my first talk. I have a 2014 tundra. I like the new tundra. They're both trucks. They're both great things. They're both wonderful. But the new one, it's it's kind of... John, it's kind of like a $50 bill and a $100 bill. Which one would you rather have? If you got to pick, which one would you take, 50? No, it's not a trick question, is it? Why? Because the 100 has the 50 in it. Plus, <laughs> yeah, y- y'all getting that? See, this is the thing. We have to be able to embrace some of these realities that this world that we're going to, this one we have is made from that one. It's not some weird spiritual thing. Paul, or not Paul. I don't know why I always say Paul when I quote Hebrews. I know a lot of scholars say that Paul wrote Hebrews, but we don't know that for sure. But Hebrews 11 says this in verse 3. Because everything is about faith, right? You have to believe this stuff. By faith. We understand that the worlds, what's that mean? More than one. Plural. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. God spoke. Remember in our first session in Genesis? God spoke, and everything was good that God made. Everything that He spoke was good. Well, where'd the bad stuff come from? What day did He make the bad stuff? None of that. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen are not made from things that are visible. I know this stuff stretches us a little bit. Like, what has this got to do with my life? See, I think this is one of the things that the church needs some reality check in. So often, we just want a self help message on a Sunday morning. You are the body of Christ. And you have the self-helper inside you if you're born again. Now, should should we talk about some self-help things from time to time? But I think it's important that we talk about the realities of who we are as a new person in God, as an ambassador to the kingdom of heaven, as a new creation in Christ. You're made in his image and his likeness. He is the firstborn. What's that mean? The guy that showed up in the room and scared the disciples, he was the firstborn of many. What's that mean? There's going to be a second. There's going to be a millionth. There's going to be a billionth. So, so the way he is shows us what we're going to look like. Yeah. And just like our bodies will be transformed and glorified, so will this earth. You think about the millennial reign of Christ. The enemy is locked up at this time. There is no, there is no power of darkness. Now, there is still carnality. People will still do dumb stuff. The, the, the flesh is still that, flesh, carnal, selfish. You know that, right? You ever watched Little Kids? <laughs> little kids are something else, man. I mean, they'll have toys that they ain't touched in six months. And then a friend will come over and they'll go get it. And all of a sudden, hadn't played with it in months. And now somebody else, another friend's got it and they'll go snap. Mine. Where did that come from? Because I know you didn't teach them that lesson. That's that carnal, selfish, human nature. And so that's what we do on the planet at that time is we help them. We are people of God. We represent the kingdom of heaven. Last, I need to move on. Last week, Cecil and I were talking about the things of heaven. And we were talking about our soul, the soul of a Christian. What happens to the soul of a Christian when we move to heaven? I know, right? I'm like, hmm, that's a good question. (laughs) What happens to the soul? Guys, Just like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're the Trinity, they're three, but they're one. Us, humanity, spirit, soul, body. And when this body goes back to the dirt, your spirit and soul are still one. So when your spirit goes to heaven, guess where your soul goes? Your soul goes to heaven with you. I don't like, "Mm, I don't really know about that. Exactly, that's why we're having this conversation. The thing about our soul, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna stretch you a little bit with some of this, okay? See, our soul has our will, it has our emotions, that's what, that's what our soul, it makes up those things. This is why the New Testament makes it very clear that the soul of a believer has to be transformed. See, when you're born again, your spirit is born again. You are a brand new creation, but your soul, how many of you, now I know some of you have been raised good Christian folk your whole life, you know, been raised in church since you could walk. Not me, <laughs> And you know what's interesting? Once Amanda, once I got saved, I still had some cussing. I know y'all don't do that. <laughs> y'all some good Christian folk up in here. <laughs> but you're born again. You're this brand new creation in Christ. But your soul still got some of that worldly stuff attached to it, huh? You don't think so? Go watch a couple killing movies. Some beatdown movies and then all of a sudden you get in a little situation and you want to act like whatever, whoever on, you know. One of my favorite, I should, I probably should pr- promote this. One of my favorite movies is Shooter. I know some of y'all are like, what is Shooter? I don't, no, it's okay. I've only seen it about a hundred times. And the dude's, I mean, the, <laughs> Andrew, the dude's incredible. I mean, he beat up 27 people by himself. You know, take all their guns. You know, it's just ridiculous, right? Yeah, but you watch a bunch of that stuff and then you find yourself out in public and somebody says something about you. You're not wanting to extend the love of Christ to them. Okay, I guess I'm, y'all better pray for a brother then. I guess I'm not there yet. See, our soul has to be changed. We have to renew our mind to the things of God. I've quoted D.L. Moody several times. He made this statement. See, guys, if we don't learn it here, we learn it there. I know you think you're just going to get there, and gonna, you're going to flip a switch, and you're going to put on the mind of... <laughs> no, there's no scripture for that. Matter of fact, remember, remember this? The Bible says that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. So one day in heaven, like a thousand years for us, I think our first day in heaven, you're going to hear two things out of our mouth, wow, and then the other one will be, oh, oh, wow, oh, that's, that's all we're going to say for the first thousand years because it's, and we're going to be in school in heaven learning how to function there. There's a lot of Christians, you got enough of a revelation to make it to heaven, but that's all you got. You didn't learn anything while you were here. Well, you're going to be in kindergarten in heaven. And you might be 70. you know, like, that's how I felt in college when I was, you know, anyway. See, our soul and our spirit, they are eternally connected. And without, without our soul, you think about this for a second. Without the soul, there really isn't choice. See, this is the thing God when he designed us, when he made us, he gave us a soul for a reason because he wanted a people that would freely choose him. And that, that's what your soul does. Your soul gives you choice. Your soul has your emotions and your decision-making in, in it. So, so when we get to heaven, our soul is part of us. It goes with us. I, you've heard me say this many times. When you get to heaven, you're going to be you. Remember we talked about this out of Luke 16 last week? When you think about that in Luke 16, that conversation, they knew one another. Right? Hmm? Now here's, one of the, here's something I want you to consider. Our soul contains our memories. I know some people I've heard over the years, well, when we get to heaven, we won't remember all the bad stuff because God will wipe that away. I don't have any scripture to support that you all. As a matter of fact, I have just the opposite. We get the mind of Christ when we get to heaven. We You remember in the Gospel of John said, "My peace I give you, not as the world gives it." I think we'll have a we will at that time we will have a peace that passes understanding. And we will be able to comprehend. But you understand something? If you look at that story in Luke, Abraham, when he was on the they were. remember, the rich man is in the ground. But now he's talking about his experience on the other side. And Abraham tells the rich man, in hell, he says this, remember when you were on the earth? Why would he say that if we don't have our memory? I know, listen, I know some people, are like, I don't want my memory. Well then you better work on it. Because <laughs> you are you. And your soul, your memory, your will, your feelings, your emotions. So here, <laughs> here's my next question, since we're doing so good. When we move to heaven, I know I'm really messing with, I'm kicking some sacred cows today. When we move to heaven. Can we see what's happening on the earth? Ah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I, I, listen, I had all these things too. Now, now but before you, I want you to think about this before you just give me your church answer. Because, I mean, I've, I've read and I've heard all kinds of opinions about when we get there. But you know what? And I know some people have books with their experiences of when they died. and we're, Okay, that's, that's wonderful. But the only source that I can count on is the book. I mean, I love people's stories that they tell. It'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Some of the stories that I've read about people that have went to heaven and died. And, and, you know, and then they came back and they shared their experience. I, I love hearing that stuff. But i got to have something that's foundational. Hebrews chapter 12 Listen to it very carefully. I know we've read this before. We just kind of push that to the side. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, what do witnesses do? They witness stuff. When you have a witness that appears in court, they are appearing as a witness because they saw something. They, Huh? We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses He says this, so let us, while we're here, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us, let us run with endurance the race set before us. So you think about it for a second. I want you to consider this. Since the saints in heaven, you think about this for a second. Since the saints that are in heaven are coming back with Jesus when he sets up his millennial reign on the planet, there's no way he's keeping those people into, in the dark about what's going on down here. We're surrounded by those, this, this crowd, cloud of witnesses. L- let me show you this, this might help you a little bit. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus said, I say to you, and this is verse seven, I say to you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who don't need to repent. In order for them, listen carefully, in order for them to rejoice over a sinner repenting, they got to see a sinner repenting. Come on, y'all. I know we just we we're like, well, well, that's just that's over there, you know, when when the road is called up, you No, 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 none of that, no. We're people of God now. That's why I want you to start thinking heaven and earth, it's this overlapping multidimensional kingdom that God has made. And even though we we, we can get glimpses of spiritual stuff, they have seeing that we don't have yet. Paul said, I saw things there that I I can't even describe with words. Y'all okay? In Acts chapter nine, let's, let's, let's look at it a little bit further. This is the story of Saul of Tarsus And this is his Damascus Road experience. In Acts chapter nine, the Bible says, "'Then he fell to the ground, "'and he heard a voice saying to him, "'Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?'' Now, who was Saul persecuting? Who? The church, people. But what did Jesus call it? Me. He said, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. He said, Saul, so why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Jesus in his resurrected body in heaven is aware of what's going on on the earth. Come on, y'all. I know some of y'all, you play your religion. Really, yeah, but that was Jesus. You know better than yeah, but that was Jesus. He's a man. Now, 100% God, make no mistake, but he became 100% son of man, and he came and got his body, his emotions. Huh? That's why he will say things like, you know, Lord, don't hold that against him. Now, did Jesus get mad while he was on the earth? One time he broke out a whip, kicked over the tables in the church, and, can you picture Jesus going, just going off on somebody he just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Peter and John are like man don't y'all go in there right now he, Jesus just snapped he said, <laughs> you might, you might to give him a minute right see instead of looking at heaven and earth as this opposite thing you got to see them they're, they're jailed together we're just in a different dimension right now but the, Paul says we will put on immortality Give me five minutes, okay, and I'll get you all out of here. Let me show you this story in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Probably what I'll do is paraphrase this just for sake of time, but you can go read it. It's in your study notes. But in 1 Samuel chapter 28, King Saul had lost his anointing because he rebelled against God, and David has been anointed king. Now Saul's still functioning as king, but he's he's being oppressed demonically. I mean demons are wearing him out and he doesn't know what to do and he's wanting some answers and, and God's not answering him anymore. The prophets aren't speaking to him anymore. Heaven is silent to him. And so Saul comes up now King Saul had already as the king in the nation he had already banned witchcraft. It was illegal. But now all of a sudden Saul says I need to talk to the prophet Samuel and he tells some of his soldiers go find me a witch. You mean like the one in Disney? No, that's what the the enemy wants you to think. Oh, there's friendly witches. No, nope. not friendly witches. Uh-uh. He said, "Go find me a witch for somebody that can bring Samuel back to me." Watch this, verse 12. And when the woman saw Samuel, y'all understand Samuel been dead a long time, and the woman the witch sees Samuel. How does she recognize Samuel? Well, I told y'all last week, name badge. (laughs) Verse verse 13, and when the woman spoke, because at this point now she knows, she says, Saul, why have you deceived me? Saul said to her, verse 14, what's his form? And she said, it's an old man coming and he's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stooped down with his face to the ground. Now, you gotta get the picture here, you all. There is something spiritual happening, but it's also now all of a sudden it's manifesting in this three-dimensional world. And the prophet Samuel, it, now not in his body, because his body's in a hole in the ground but the prophet Samuel in his heavenly body because we talked about this last week remember when you die according to Corinthians you put on your heavenly body Samuel the prophet is standing in front of Saul verse 16 and Samuel said why do you ask me seeing the Lord has already departed from you huh And he has become your enemy, and the Lord has done for himself, and he has spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands, and given it to your neighbor David, because you didn't obey the voice of the Lord. Verse 19, Moreover, the Lord will, now not only has he told Saul what's been going on in his life, because the prophet can see what's going on in his life, on the planet. Now he tells Saul, from the other side, what's going to happen. And the Lord will deliver Israel into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow, watch this, you and your son gonna be with me. I know that's the news everybody wants to hear, right? Yeah. See, Samuel not only remembered what Saul had done on the planet, remembered. You got that? You're gonna have your memory there. I know some people say yeah but that will be hurtful for some of my loved ones. Guys, when we have loved ones that go home here, yes it hurts for a season but then you get to a place where you rejoice. You'll rejoice like like with 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 my sister Peggy. It hurts right now. But I am happy for her. Happy. And as time goes by, that pain fades. The memory doesn't change. I told a story yesterday. I'll tell some of y'all this you I know, y'all, are y'all okay? Am I I know I'm going long, but daggone it. Paula's not here to get on me today, so I'm okay. But Peggy, she was greeting uh, one day. She, she, she would greet on the main doors out there. And she had just gotten back, her and Amanda had just gotten back from their CBD conference. And I, I come up to talk to Peggy and Peggy's at the front door and she's got a sweater on, but she's got a t-shirt on, and it's got a big old marijuana leaf on it. (laughs) Now listen, now it said CBD, but you couldn't see that. All you could see was the weed, man. She had a marijuana, I'm like, Peggy, what are you doing greeting with your weed shirt on? She said, Pastor, I'm like, honey, I, I know it's I, once I got there, I look, but you can't just stare at somebody. Like, oh, CBD, okay. I, no. <laughs> like, girl, you gotta put your weed t-shirt up. <laughs> uh, see, that that's a memory that when I get to heaven, we're gonna laugh about. You're gonna have you are you. This is the thing, you got to get this. Samuel remembered what Saul did. Not only that, Samuel was aware of things going on right then that Saul was doing. See, this is the thing, guys. That when it comes to this world of heaven, to the best of our ability, we need to be able to have conversations about it. You think about it, God, Jesus, angels, They all know what's going on here, and it doesn't make heaven any less heaven, right? You you think about um, the uh, rich man and Lazarus, that story. The rich man, the Bible says that the rich man was in hell in torment, and, and they saw him it didn't make heaven any less, it didn't make paradise any less paradise. See, I truly believe that when you step over, God literally does give you a peace that passes understanding. You don't lose your memory. That's who you are, that's part of you. You don't lose your emotions. There still will be some crying in heaven. I believe that, but he'll wipe those tears away because he gives you a mind of Christ, a peace that passes understanding, things that some of the stuff that we see in the scriptures but but makes absolutely no sense to us See, I submit to you that nothing that the saints could see on the earth could run, uh, could ruin heaven for them. Because you're born again. You're in the presence of perfection. You're in this sinless world, this flawless world there. So you have to keep these things in mind when you talk about the things of heaven, the joys of that world when when we get there. But make no mistake, you don't change. And so you need to be about learning some of these things. Like D.L. Moody said, if you don't learn it here, you'll learn it there. I have, I gotta, I gotta stop. I've got so much more stuff I wanna share with you, but y'all have listened really good today, yeah. Let's do this. We always wanna give somebody the opportunity, whether you're in the room or, or you're watching us right now or listening, we always wanna give you the opportunity to give your light to Jesus. And I get it, Victory Life Church may not be your style of church, that's cool, but you're here today. And that thought that's rolling around in the back of your mind, yes, that is the Lord standing at the door of your heart saying, give me a chance. That's all He's asking for any of us. Because if you'll give Jesus a chance, one decision at a time, one day at a time, line upon line, precept upon precept, He will transform you into this new creation that He's made you to be. But you have to start with this first principle. You've got to give your life to Jesus. Very simple. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth that Jesus died. That he rose from the grave. And he's alive today. That's all it takes. I have some people that say, "But, "But I don't really know enough about Jesus. You hear me tell you this all the time. Don't let anybody fool you. Nobody knows enough about Jesus. We're all growing. We're all learning. We're all still clay on the potter's wheel. That's just why it's called faith. you got to believe it. Take a step of faith with us today. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Say this prayer with us. We as a church family, we're all going to say it together. Those of you listening or watching, stop what you're doing. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Church, let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now do me a favor, if you're in the room, stop by our information desk, we got a gift for you, just kinda of help you on your journey of faith for the rest of you. Guys, I wanna tell you, look for an opportunity. No, let me rephrase that. Ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to talk about heaven this week in somewhere. and you, Because you're ready, you got the information, amen? God bless you guys. We love you. Have an awesome week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.